All right, hello everyone and welcome back. We are gonna start to take over this space for Robin to run a workshop uh, and there are some uh, discussion questions in front of you. So this will be an interactive session where you get to collaborate with each other and get to spend some more time with Robin. Uh, the thing that I wish I would have said at the end of uh, the Flex session when I'm sure I had hundreds of people instead of like the dozens, it's uh, hopefully this is an invitation to read the book and that there's gonna be more spaces in addition to this workshop where we can keep talking about and envisioning what kind of work we need to do uh, to get our college to be student ready. Uh, all right, with that, uh, let me welcome uh, once again Robin, and the title of today's workshop is Fostering Joy, Community, and Success at CCSF. So the tail end of the keynote, I think, got us thinking about how do we create circumstances for students in the classroom and more broadly at our college where we can enjoy the place that we are working and learning and growing. Uh, so with that, I'm going to turn off this microphone and welcome uh, Robin back once again to just kind of frame what we're doing in the next hour or 75 minutes. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, I didn't thank you all for taking a Friday afternoon and spending it with me, so thank you. <laughs> um, so um, first, I was asked about whether the library here at CCS have, has a multi-use copy, and they do. Um, that said, it would certainly help me out um, and uh, if you bought a copy and passed it along, um, especially because I'm really trying to get the press to put a uh, soft cover edition out um, and that's all based on market sales. And unfortunately, I don't know how library multi-use copies, even though I think that should be an important metric, I don't know how that counts. Um, and they haven't been very transparent about that. But, um, you know, just it's uh, at the um, JHU site, but there's also other ways. Uh, I don't like to endorse Amazon, but bookshop.org is uh, my go-to online book sellers that uh, supports independent booksellers. Um, it's called Bookshop, and they, I know, had it at one point. Um, so again, if you uh, like a print copy of a book, I'd encourage you to buy it, but CCSF, I think on several campuses, um, but certainly through the library, has a copy. Um, so the idea for this workshop was really to get us talking to each other about ways in which we can uh, make uh, our lives here, our work lives here, what we do here meaningful for ourselves and also for our students. Um, and so I think it might make sense um, if, um, I mean, ideally, if we're dialoguing with people we don't know, that might help. So I invite you to move around if there's a table of people that you don't know too well. I think that that always kind of sparks some good generative discussion. Um, and I put together, um, do you want them on the screen or is having it in front of you enough, the questions? Is that is enough? Okay, great. Um, so um, I didn't exactly know who the audience would be. Does the online folks have? They're not part of this, I think, right? The online folks? I'm learning that they, they are. So I will pull up. Oh, they are. They also did not, right? We're streaming this. We are. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry. Hi, everybody. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, so can you pull that up then? Okay, great. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I 
tried to narrow down the questions, but I was finding it difficult in part because I didn't know exactly who would be here, where you'd be coming from, from the college, and what would be the most interesting to you. So there's eight questions, I think. Um, I don't think we want to necessarily cover all eight, but I think the tables maybe should think about which questions are more interesting. Hi, come on in. Um, are, more, are most interesting to you, feel free to revise or edit the question if they make more sense to you in that way. I really want this to be um, engaging uh, and um, allowing, giving ourselves the opportunity to really thinking through some of the things that I mentioned today, some of the things that are in the book, some of the things that I think you are all thinking about um, in, in your role here at, the, at CCSF. Uh, and um, the folks on, out there in the ether, um, is, there, is, it, is there a way other than to put on the screen to get it to them? They're not in groups though, right? So I don't know, um, maybe think about those questions. Maybe next time you're on campus, uh, think about ways to uh, uh, think about them. So I thought what we would do is um, take about 30 minutes um, get to know each other at your tables if you don't know each other. Think through, you know, take a look at the questions. Figure out which ones are most meaningful to the kind of things you want to be thinking about and discussing. Um, and maybe use the white uh, paper here and the marker to jot down some notes of things that you've come up with. They don't have to be answers. They actually could be even more questions because I think good questions beget good questions. Um, and then uh, we'll take some time and we'll share what each of the groups have come up with. Uh, and then, um, you know, maybe have a, some more time for a more kind of interactive Q&A afterwards if, if, if time allows. Does that sound good? Okay, so um, hopefully meet each other and uh, we'll take it from there. And so if you want, um, I have terrible handwriting, um, so much so that I can't read my own handwriting. Um, and um, so if uh, you want each of you at the table to write down something, that's fine. Or maybe someone represent the table as the scribe, however you want to do it, whatever makes most sense uh, in that way. So, yep. And then the folks at home or wherever you are, I guess maybe, um, I don't know. Well, here's an idea, and it's a little bit strange, but email me right now. N Steel, S T E E L E, at ccsf.edu, and just say that you want this. And then I'll send it back to you as a link so that you can look at this in your own. And then if you want, you can even send me another email to answer some of these questions. And I will, because uh, I bet that there's only like five of you out there. That's my guess. There's 20, I'm going to go crazy. But email me if you would like to have access to this document. And then we can have a little bit of an email discussion as well. Oh, really? Oh, that would be great. Okay. Well, then maybe there's a chat that I can give you a link to? Oh, okay. No chat. Okay. Back to send me an email, nsteel at ccsf.edu, and I'll, I'll send this document back to you with the questions.
So, hi everybody. This is a dream come true for a teacher where there's all this incredible engagement. Sorry to interrupt this amazing work. I just want to do a check-in because we're about, about half an hour since we started. I'm sensing we want to keep going, which is fine, for a little bit longer, yeah, and then come together. Is that what I'm sensing? So, 11.15, is that good? Will that be enough time? Perfect. And I think we're going to 11.45, yeah? Yeah, okay. Okay, great.
dizzying to watch it go like that. <laughs>
Hi again. Oh, I don't have to talk into this. I hate interrupting such really incredible thinking. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to up here, but there's some great ideas being generated. Um, so um, lots to say, lots to think about. Um, first of all, I hope this was fruitful. I hope you were able to engage with people who you may not know very well. I hope there were people from different places, we call them silos, unfortunately, in the campus, uh, on the campus, that, because I do think it's so important that we have these opportunities to come together. Um, I love when I'm talking to an advisor because I learn so much about their day-to-day -day that is both this similar to my day-to-day, -day, day -day, but different. Um, and I wish that we had more organic ways to uh, collaborate and to learn from one another. Um, Thank you to the folks in the ether world. Um, this is amazing. I, maybe you can save this document um, as you maybe read the book together or for, for future um, uh, ideas coming together. I, I think some of our struggle or some of the challenge we have is that we serve so many different types of students. And I kind of was hearing this coming out of the groups, right? Um, and that makes our what we do really difficult. Uh, and, and also invigorating. Um, I, you know, it's one of the things I most love about teaching at a community college, despite all the challenges, is that you know, not to mention where students are from, where they were born, how much time they've lived here in the United States, uh, what connections they have to other places beyond uh, New York City, um, but students who uh, you know, are adult students returning to, to the classroom, uh, students who are, you know, learning the language for the first time or in the last few years, so brings, I think, such an enriching dimension to the classroom that I would never want to teach anywhere else that didn't have that. So I think we sometimes have to be reminded of it because it, we're often left with the challenges that that creates, but I also, and that's part of that joy, right, is to see that there's so many rich opportunities for that. Um, I, um, the last few semesters, um, I teach Introduction to Sociology, uh, and I've decided to, uh, well, before COVID and during COVID, I taught about um, 12 weeks of material, and then uh, I introduced a book read for my class, and we read together uh, The Undocumented Americans by Carla uh, Cornejo Villavincio. Uh, and she's not a sociologist, but that book just had a, about every foundational sociological concept in it. Um, and we read together, it was like, you know, three chapters a week. It was very doable, very manageable. And then I kind of helped to guide them through learning the sociological concepts through the book. And that is where this idea of joy started to really become uh, prominent for me is that they would work together like this and I would hear laughter and I, I, I'll never forget two semesters ago I was uh, like I hadn't heard laughter in a long time <laughs> like and I remember my own college experience and the classes that I remembered that I retained information from were the classes that I found joyful um, and, you know, there are severe hurdles and budget cuts and, and, and challenges, and I don't for any, I don't at all mean we should not 
talk about those and we should not. But I, I want to be able to balance those concerns with a reminder to ourselves that what we do should bring joy, that we should derive joy from what we do, that our students deserve some joy uh, in the learning process. Um, and so I hope that kind of thinking about some of these questions uh, allowed you to, to, to talk to each other about that. So um, I don't know, how do we want to get started? I'm curious what questions spoke to you, how you address them. Um, do we want to just go table by table and kind of summarize what you talked about? Does that make the most sense? Yeah? All right, so let's start there. Well, I, yeah, no, not necessarily summarize, but in, in any kind of organized or not organized way of... Oh, before you begin, would you mind uh, at some point if I took a picture for my, is that okay? Anybody? I, 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 it won't, thanks. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I, I think we talked about a lot of the context of uh, joy destroying uh, policies and procedures, and, try, and at the end we were talking about how to bring joy when the, the policies and procedures that we are beholden to are not designed for the student as a holistic person and they're not obviously the systems aren't designed for us as faculty and staff as holistic people I will pull out a few different things that are problematic in terms of that um, guided pathways academic probation student-centered fu funding formula we had a lively discussion about dual enrollment and some of the benefits and how exciting it can be to have high school students and some of the challenges and whether high school students at the freshman year are really ready for some of the classes that we're trying to teach them. We talked about a lot of practices in our class to, uh, to like, how do we connect with students and how do we prioritize the students that really need a high connection or high touch, I guess, because we don't have the capacity to do that kind of thing with everybody, although I will call out that Ying has 15 minute dis like meetings with every single one of her students, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> that is beautiful, and I have another, I have a, there's a faculty member in child development that does that, and I, I would love to do that, but I don't do that. Um, but I'd like to, to I, I don't know. So we talked about a lot of things. We're gonna make a SharePoint folder with some of the ways that we, uh, acknowledge or we do intakes with students and journey forms so that that's one way that folks like Jonathan prioritize who to like who to reach out to because you find out what's going on with their lives and then it also enriches our understanding we just have to be be sure that we follow up on those so anything fantastic I'm curious do those 15 minutes um, occur outside of the classroom time that they don't have enough time to study so they have life they have mm -hmm. family obligations you know they have all these other things going on but I have to say the 15 minutes is great for me to find out their circumstances and to actually connect with them great and do you do that in person or on zoom or both it's always been in person uh, now since the pandemic um, I offer them both right. both options yeah yeah I think that's great um, I think we also could perhaps 
creatively think of ways of incorporating that into the classroom time. For, for, so for some faculty who are really worried that that just seems unmanageable outside of classroom time, you know, you can, I think, think creatively of ways to, you know, have them, you know, write and reflect and take that time and, you know, randomly select five students to kind of, you know, talk to or maybe not for 15 minutes each, perhaps, but that might lead then encourage them, invite them to come, right? Because there's students for whom that is also maybe intimidating or lack of time, right? So there may be a way to engage the classroom as a place to start that if that seems kind of overwhelming uh, to do that. But um, great, I love the SharePoint idea. I hope it continues. I mean, my one hope for this is that this is what happens and we keep going with this. Can I add one thing? We talked about how students, I always like to say that students are the most underutilized resource in our classroom. So we talked about peer mentoring and really engaging students and helping each other with registration challenges or other things like that. Wonderful. Thank you. That's great. Um, this table, any, you had some organized notes. <laughs> but don't, don't, don't feel, there's no pressure to be organized. Oh, great. Give it to the speech teacher. Ah! The speech teacher. So we're going around introducing each other, and I hear, oh, I'm a career counselor. I help people write resumes. Oh, I'm a math tutor. I'm this. I'm thinking, I don't know about any of this. And I should, and it's embarrassing that I don't. Uh, I've been at USF or USF. See, this is another part of the problem. I teach at three different schools as a part-timer. I uh, see, I don't use a mic because my voice is generally loud. Is that better? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it would be helpful for an ins a lot of us instructors to even know where to send people to counseling. Uh, I work in Cloud Hall. There's counselors all over the place, and yet I don't know exactly what, who gets them. Do people get assigned an advisor? I don't know, and I think it would be really helpful. We were talking about, you know, just kind of centralized you know, counseling, how, how do we even recommend the right counselor for the right person and, and how to help them? And then, you know, so that was just one of the main things we talked about. I'm gonna pass this around. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I guess uh, we were also talking about getting some kind of um, like warm handoff so that um, like faculty that we, we connect with other people across campus so that Oh, I know somebody in counseling. Oh, you know, like oh, um, uh, you, you know, your main language is this language. I know there's some counselors who 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 are bilingual who can, you know, if you feel more comfortable speaking in your language, um, you know, things like that. And also, let's see what else we talk about. Um, just some kind of orientation for like faculty and and classified about the other services. Um, and maybe we could tailor it to the different departments, like kind of like trying to see what the interconnectedness between departments so that we know somebody um, that if, if we have students who need, you know, like I was just thinking about um, Cece and, and um, you know, you, you work in chemistry and you, and you uh, work with a lot of pre-med students. And so maybe, you know, having some connections with um, the other pre-med courses so that, you know, students, um, or even like department chairs, so if, or I don't know, like who, who could you direct students? Because you were saying how they they don't know what classes to take and sometimes take the wrong 
class for their particular major. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think it's great that um, counseling is coming together um, <laughs> finally, and it will be all in one place um, in the new building. Um, let's see, what else did we say? Oh, and, and we also talked about how um, even if faculty mention how the subject connects to the students' lives, sometimes they don't, the students, I guess they need to experience it, you know, or experience some kind of, um, uh, I guess, or come, or, or come to that conclusion themselves. And I don't know if there's activities, and, and maybe we, we should share among our departments of how to connect um, student lives to our subject matter. Hi, everybody. Uh, my emphasis was primarily, basically one-on-one, -on -one, is to focus on the skills that, uh, for the course and especially why you're doing homework. You're not doing, I mean, from my experience, you're not doing homework to, to like, just like reading the textbook. That's not homework. It's learning to apply the skills because that's basically the test. That's it, people. <laughs> In any of your classes, even if you don't take a STEM class or whatever, you're just practicing skills and up learning how to apply the skills. So spend that energy doing that. We're good? So, wonderful. Um, before we get to the last one, I'll I just want to kind of sum up some of the things that I'm hearing, right? So, the part-time, full-time divide, right? Um, you know, most community colleges have majority of their classes taught by part-timers. And how do we become a student-ready college when we have our, most of our faculty spread out, uh, not paid well enough, not compensated for meetings, you know, that whole, you know, and that it has been part of the defunding of public education. I mean, that's probably its most glaring uh, impact. Um, you know, and how do we, you know, we can't resolve that in one semester, but how do we offer ways to incorporate our part-time faculty without it being onerous, right? Much like we want to incorporate our part-time students, right? Um, and, you know, I could imagine when I was hearing you, you know, sort of list off, you know, what would it take for there to be, you know, as for faculty resources, not only an orientation, but a, you know, an FAQ of, you know, what is available for students on campus? And, you know, if you have this student, you go to the, you know, like that kind of comprehensive resources that sound sort of almost pat, but we don't have it, right? We don't, it's not there. And I've been at my institution for decades and there are things happening there that I don't know about. And I'm full-time and full-time for a while and it's not because I don't pay attention, right? <laughs> um, and so what am I not offering my students because I don't know about it? And how do we really um, kind of galvanize that effort? Um, I do think skills are, yeah. But I, I, you know, I also want to encourage us to think about that we plant seeds that we may not see the full potential that, you know, I, I love hearing from a student that I had many years ago and they sheepishly remind me, so I'm not sure if you remember me, and of course I remember them, you know, and they tell me about their lives and what they've done and, and how much reading that book, though they didn't realize it at the time, has meant for now. Like, that is what we 
live for, kind of. <laughs> um, and so, I, you know, the, the dissemination of how-to in very concrete ways is really important. But I also think, and I think this gets back to the joy that we should give each other some space, give ourselves some space to acknowledge that we're planting some seeds. And that means those of us who work in offices with students or classrooms or both, that we might not see it full bloom until many years from now. And that is, you know, we're, that's a part of being part of their journey from the beginning, their higher education journey. And that's something that we should value. And it should be valued in how we are evaluated, right? Um, and these kinds of uh, connections that this group brought out. So let me stop there and the third group. And there's so much good writing up here that I have to pay attention to. So um, I will uh, try to be real brief. We got into some real high-level discussions um, that these questions kind of led us to start thinking about that may not even be pertained to the questions, but we went down a few rabbit holes. Um, with that, I'll just say that um, in summary, we talked about um, how we could do better and highlighted <clears throat> both successes and areas of improvement for um, our things like dual enrollment, um, thinking about California community colleges in general, but also the messages from students that they think uh, community college is a substandard set of education, um, how uh, we can continue to foster a student-friendly college, and what does that mean by examining our different types of student uh, because there is no one-size-fits-all in our college. Um, and that could be looking at the schedule, looking at food and library services, programs and resources, hours of operations, uh, and things of that nature. We talked about uh, Free City and its impacts, both positive and negative, to our students um, and their possible misconceptions on is that financial aid, is there other financial aid, um, how can we support them to continue their education. Uh, we talked about um, meeting students where they're at as kind of a buzzword in some sense, uh, but also like breaking it down, like do students have the social and transferable skills that they need, that they're asking for. Um, the power of networking, and we already started like thinking about different ways our individual areas at the table could um, start building on these ideas um, and incorporating them into the work we're already doing. Um, and um, we looked at attrition, and or we discussed attrition, I should say, um, and how we can um, build in supports or make supports more visible to students and some of the things that are going on. Uh, with that, I'm going to give two shameless plugs. One, uh, Hing over at Student Life and Leadership uh, has developed a canvas shell uh, with um, some other leaders on campus to help our newly incoming students around resources and connecting. Um, and I myself as the basic needs coordinator leading SparkPoint CCSF Basic Needs Center is helping support students around basic needs, employment and education, and financial services. And um, so much more, that's just um, an overview. But then to wrap it up, um, um, we also, one last shameless plug, I, I had to write it down because I didn't want to forget, um, through the Office of um, Equity, uh, student Office of Equity, um, Office of Student Equity, sorry. <laughs> equity. 
OSE, Office of Student Equity, and our leadership with um, Associate Dean uh, Dr. Henderson Brown. I also want to say that she's worked with um, uh, Teresa, our intake outreach specialist at SparkPoint, to develop um, a RAMS resource, and it is uh, strategically placed at the bottom of every page on the City College website. So if you ever scroll to the bottom of any page, you'll see a link that says RAM resources. You can put in keywords. You can share with your students um, if they need help with childcare, it'll lead them to resources. If they need help with financial aid, it'll lead them to resources, basic needs, um, study spaces. I mean, you name it, there's a keyword for it. We hope. If not, let us know and we will make sure it gets added. Oh, and it's under uh, admissions and records as well. So, sorry, we're just yeah. um, sharing out as well as yeah. recapping. That's wonderful. Anyone else from the group want to? Fantastic. So um, I love that you went down rabbit holes. That's exactly where I think we should go. <laughs> um, it's a. Uh, it, so one of the things that for faculty, I think one way to kind of maybe institutionalize some of that um, resource dissemination um, is uh, maybe um, reach out to some folks in who do this work and have them come and give a five-minute presentation at the beginning of your class to kind of open up the class day, especially if it's related to a content area, but it doesn't have to be. Um, we have we now have ARC, but it was called Single Stop, and I just saw out there the language of Single Stop. I don't know if that's still here. The Smart Point. Okay, so that's what that became. Ours became the Advocacy Resource Center. Um, so for a number of semesters prior to COVID, I had invited our director of Single Stop, that's what it was called at the time, to come in. I, I teach um, one, one class a week, two hours and 45 minutes, so I usually give a break. Um, so it was either at the beginning or the end of one of the, you know, uh, parts of the class and she would come in and she would let the students know what they offer, who it's for, why, um, and just that kind of meeting. And I know I had students who didn't know about the, what they offered, who, who utilize the resources afterwards. So there's lots of creative ways to do it, right? And I think thinking about the strengths, considering the hurdles um, are, you know, it's the work that we should be doing, and I, I say that also knowing that we already have a lot on our plates, right? Um, and this is why the, the call, the real substantive call, and I know this was written in the notes from the folks out there, you know, I, from what I understand, you've lost a faculty and staff, and, and, you know, we are often experiencing that. Or when we shifted to majority part-time instead of full-time, that's this is one of the costs, this is the real cost, because we can't do this well when there are not people who are, who are when people who are, 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 we're not populated with people who are paid a full-time salary and expected to be here full-time. And so this is the work that we need to do. And I think it was your group that, you know, there's policies that create hurdles for making that work possible. And that's why we have important institutional apparatus, our faculty governance, senate, unions, departments, where we should be having these conversations. Um, you know, I'm troubled a little bit in my institution where I think this, our senate, so we have a pretty active union, we have this faculty senate, um, but the senate is often populated so, um, with, um, you know, representatives who get elected to the senate, but they're often 
untenured, or going up for promotion. And so what does that mean? They are exceedingly vulnerable to making noise, to pushing back. We've also had many years where our Senate chair has been a chairperson. I don't think that that model is necessarily bad, but I do think that we need to open it up so that the faculty senate is actually doing the work for the faculty, because what it has seemed to have become or evolved is that we're doing the work for the administration. And I think we need to really make sure we don't cede that control, right? And this gets prickly too now in this age of, I don't want to say post-COVID because we're obviously not post-COVID, but our folks who want to continue having meetings online Thank you for being here. I don't mean to, but like I do think this needs we need to kind of be introspective about the hard work that needs to be done and a lot of it has to be done in person. And I do not mean to, you know, uh, be discouraging to those folks who are having health issues that require a more remote life. I'm not talking about, but the other folks who Really, we need to get back onto campus. We need to be here, because if we're not here, we are going to cede more control and authority to the folks that we don't want to have it. And so if there's any kind of you know, impulse there, I think that's it. We've, we've lost a lot of control in many ways about these major decisions that are coming on high, and it's only up to us to work together to go across these silos, to learn about what's there for us and our students to stand united to kind of push back where, where it's necessary. Um, so um, any other final thoughts or comments or questions in the last two minutes? I don't wanna, um, I mean I have a whole, I have so much to say and think about and, but uh, I wanna hear from you and thank you so much again for um, spending your time here on Friday. Um, I hope that document gets saved and I hope you're, you're Notes get saved, and there's stuff that we can do. Um, say oh, no, I just talked to you. Oh, I know, and I, I, I am so sorry I forgot mine. But um, these kind folks have my email address. Please stay in touch. I really, um, it, it's been really great over these last two years where I visited community colleges around the country. Well, actually, mostly in California, but mostly on Zoom. This is my first live in California, but I will be talking at the Faculty Association of California Community Colleges, their big event in Sacramento in February. I'll be back. So if any of you are there, please remind me that we met. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, you know, but I do hope that um, you feel invigorated and inspired as you begin another semester to think about some of these questions and the hard things, but also the, the openings, the, the what we are doing that's, that's well, that's going well, um, and that, um, again, brings us joy, brings our students joy, um, I do think is something to kind of redirect the ship of school on hyperspeed. Um, but thank you again for your uh, time and your audience and your thoughts. Just to close us out, I want to express gratitude for my colleagues that are here in person or here virtually, my table mates, wherever you are, administrators, staff, and faculty. And I think about the spaces that I get to share with those mix of constituents and how there is a lot of power sharing and desire to push our institution forward and that we can do that together. So appreciation for my colleagues. And one more sort of moment of gratitude for our keynote speaker and for running this workshop 
workshop and hopefully for planting some seeds for ourselves. And so we can have some more meaningful dialogue this semester and beyond. Help me thank one more time Dr. Robin Iserless. This is your 30-minute uh, lunch break, so uh, in, enjoy it and soak it up. <laughs>